crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm Christopher Eames and I'm stepping in again for Brent as your host for today's program. Now, if you're a regular listener, you'll remember a program I did about a month ago on the biblical identity of the French-speaking peoples. We examined the evidence pointing to the French as the modern-day descendants of the lost Israelite tribe of Reuben. Genesis 49 contains a prophecy for the last days, a description of what each of the 12 tribes of Israel would become. Now, today we're going to look at the modern descendants of the lost tribe of Dan. Those who are new to this history may find it quite surprising. I would encourage you to check out that program on France at watchjerusalem.co.il and take a look for yourself at the evidence. But by way of very brief introductory review, here at Watch Jerusalem, we often reference our free book by Herbert W. Armstrong entitled The United States and Britain in Prophecy. You can order that uh, a, a hard copy of that online on our website, watchjerusalem.co.il, or you can read it online, whatever you prefer. Now, this book goes through in detail just what happened to the lost ten tribes of Israel. Now, during the reign of King Solomon's son, Rehoboam, the, the northern ten tribes split off and became known as the northern kingdom of Israel, the Israelites. The remaining tribes ruled by Rehoboam became known as the southern kingdom of Judah, or Jews. So we have our two kingdoms, a kingdom of the Israelites and the Jews. Now, of course, altogether they are Israelites, but specifically kingdom of Israel in the north, kingdom of Judah in the south. During the, the late 700s BC, the ten-tribe nation of Israel was taken captive by Assyria, and they became lost to worldview. Now, these people became known as the Lost Ten Tribes. It's been speculated about for centuries, perhaps even millennia, as to where these people went. The Bible describes their deportation by the Assyrians up into northern Iran, and it's at that point that the record in the Book of Kings stops. So the Jews, on the other hand, they continued to rule in the Holy Land up until the early 500s BCE uh, when they were conquered by the Babylonians, and, and they too were deported in large numbers. Many who remained in the, in the land ended up fleeing, fleeing into Egypt. But the, the Jews did retain their identity, though, to this day in the dispersion. And many eventually returned to Judah, as the, the books of Ezra and Nehemiah record. So their, their story continued to play out through the Hellenic period, the Roman, the Roman era, and so on. So what of the lost ten tribes then? In his book, The United States and Britain and Prophecy, Mr. Armstrong pieced together the puzzle from specific biblical passages and secular history, showing that the northern ten tribes migrated up into Europe and beyond, also into the British Isles. He proved that specific tribes largely stuck together, becoming specific nations. His book focused primarily on the two birthright nations, 
Ephraim and Manasseh. And Mr. Armstrong proved that Ephraim is modern-day Britain and the British Commonwealth, and that Manasseh is America. Now, like the title suggests, the main thrust of the United States and Britain in prophecy is proving that the United States and Britain are modern-day Israel in prophecy. They're the primary tribes, the, the chief birthright holders, Ephraim and Manasseh. He also shows in that book that the modern nation of Israel in the Middle East, they are the tribe of Judah. They are the Jews. He also goes to point out Germany as modern-day Assyria. So what then of the tribe of Dan specifically? In the United States and Britain and Prophecy, Mr. Armstrong identifies this tribe with the people of Ireland, also Denmark, but Ireland in particular for this program. So for today's program, let's examine the quite large body of evidence for the Irish as the modern descendants of the tribe of Dan. Now, Ireland's history, their ancient history, is quite difficult for scholars to track. That's not to say Ireland doesn't have many historical records or archaeological features. It's literally a a wash with impressive archaeological remains dating back thousands of years, and Ireland also has a rich textual history. The problem is, though, that the textual histories are written comparatively late, in the course of Ireland's history, around the 13th century AD and onwards. Many of them are heavily colored in legend, and these later texts were were largely compiled by monks trying to piece together a history of Ireland based on whatever texts were available to them, uh, which we we no longer have preserved nowadays, uh, as well as oral traditions. So the earliest discovered form of Irish writing is the Ogham script, and even this only dates back to around the 4th century AD. So compare that to the Sumerians and the Egyptians, for example, who have texts dating back to 2000 BCE and earlier. Uh, that's, that's nearly two and a half millennia older. And remember, Ireland was inhabited around the same time as these empires. It's just that we have no written remains from them as yet. But we do have material to work with, though, from these later texts. And though there is some detective work to do, we can see a window into Ireland's unique, illustrious history, when and how the island was populated, who populated it, what its culture and early belief system was like. So these Irish histories, works such as the Annals of the Four Masters and Labor Gabala Erin, the Book of the Taking of Ireland, they, they document various peoples inhabiting Ireland from prehistory and onwards. First, we have the Caesarians, and then the Partholonians, then we have a Great Flood, then we have the Nemedians, and then the Firbolg people entering Ireland. Now, the fifth group, perhaps the most famous, most significant migration, is of particular interest to us for this program. And this is a people known as the Tuaha di Danan. Three words there, Tuaha di Danan. Uh, a general dating for these people arriving in Ireland is somewhere at the end of the second millennium BCE, around 1000 BCE or in the century prior. 
Now, again, much mythology is incorporated into the history of the Tuatha Dé Danann. They were seen as demigods in some of these accounts, a warlike group that arrived in Ireland in a, in a vast flotilla of ships. They invaded the island, the island, they conquered it, populated it, and uh, alongside this, a lot of supernatural events occurred. But still, despite the, the mythical element, it is possible to pass the historical elements of the accounts. Now, the name Tuatha Dé Danann is, uh, is today most widely assumed to mean tribe of the goddess Danu. But this isn't a good translation. Others have been offered. Tuatha is pretty clear, uh, the meaning of that, as tribe. Dé Danann is taken to be a perversion of the, the name of a goddess, Danu. However, given the historical accounts we're about to go through, the parallel histories, the name would be better translated as is, the tribe of Danan. This is made clear, as I say, when considering these close name parallels from the Tuatha Dé Danann's place of origin, from where they traveled to Ireland in their ships, the Mediterranean. Now, the ancient Greek poet Homer wrote about an eastern Mediterranean group of people he called the Danan or Danai. They were a seaborne force that helped, for example, fight at the Battle of Troy from their ships. This battle is usually dated between the 13th and 12th centuries BCE, so before our Danan tribe arrives in Ireland. Now, this battle, uh, sorry, so this, this, this tribe of Danan from Ireland parallels the name of this group and the fact that they were a seaborne tribe, the Danan in the Mediterranean. Another name discovered by archaeologists in the eastern Mediterranean, in the Levant, dating to the same general time period, are the Denyan. This group is believed to have been part of a, of a vast, fierce eastern Mediterranean conglomerate known as the Sea Peoples. The Sea Peoples uh, are also known to have been made up of a certain Philistine element, the Peleset people. So these Denyans are mentioned in a number of inscriptions dated to this time period. So here we have another parallel name, Danan, Danan, Denyan. And then we see another, another version, Canaanite letters from the same period mentioning a group called Danuna. So are these then all one and the same? Is there any account of the Tuatha de Danan coming to Ireland from the eastern Mediterranean? There is, and it's found in one of the most central and ancient Irish histories, the Labor Gabala Erin, the Book of the Taking of Ireland. Now, this book is a compilation in its earliest form, dating to the 11th century AD, and it describes the Tuatha Dé Danann as actually having come from the Near East, specifically from, quote, between the Athenians and the Philistines. This book describes the Tuatha Dé Danann, the tribe of Danann, as having been in constant conflict with the Philistines before they eventually sailed to Ireland. So we, we have an eastern Mediterranean origin, then, of our Tuatha Dé Danann, our tribe of Danann from Ireland, and this is described in various histories and shown in archaeology. Now, there was a certain Israelite tribe on the scene at the same time, uh, a tribe specifically noted as mortal enemies of the Philistines. And perhaps it might be surprising to note, they were also a seafaring tribe. And this tribe happens to share a similar name. Of course, it is the tribe of Dan. 
or as we could call it for this program, the Tuaha di Dan. The, the tribe of Dan was in constant conflict, as we said, with the Philistines. And in fact, this tribe's allotment was right on the border with the land of the Philistines. The, the most vivid example of this constant warfare between them is that of the biblical Danite strongman, the judge Samson. So the tribe of Dan were also, as I said, a seafaring tribe. This is attested to in the book of Judges. Uh, during a battle that occurred around the 13th century BCE. The, the tribe of Dan is criticized for staying away from that battle, for, quote, remaining in their ships, for, for not coming to fight. And that's found in Judges 5 verse 17. The word ships here, uh, these Danite ships, the word for ships here refers to large vessels used for long voyages. So evidently, the Danites were skilled seamen and uh, traders, and, and they had strong connections to the Mediterranean world, to the sea peoples, especially the Greeks. So this idea that the Mediterranean, Danan, Danian, Danuna, and the tribe of Dan, this idea that they were all one and the same, is, was suggested in the 1960s by a famous Israeli archaeologist, Yigal Yadin. And now archaeological evidence has been found corroborating the, this, this suggestion by Yedin. In a Haaretz article by Philippe Bostrom, and I'll post the link for this article at the bottom of this podcast on the website, the, the author details excavations that have taken place at Tel Dan. Tel Dan is one of the chief cities of the Danites. Excavations at the site, they've, they've revealed something strange about this tribe. They, they, they've uncovered a heavy Greek Aegean influence. So Greek-style objects of worship were discovered, weapons, and uh, much of the pottery was actually sourced from Greece, from a place called Argolid. So this proves a heavy Aegean influence, heavy trade, commerce by the seafaring tribe, the Danites, with the Greek tribes. Actually, this link between Dan and Greece is attested to in the Bible. Ezekiel 20, 27 verse 19 says that, quote, Dan also and Javan, going to and fro, occupied in thy fairs, bright iron, cassia, and calamus were in thy market. So, so a verse about trade, and it references Dan and Javan. Javan is the biblical name for Greece. And it most likely refers specifically to one of the Greek tribes, the Ionians, uh, for, for whom the, the Greek form of the name is related to the Hebrew Javan or Yavan. So, so here in the book of Ezekiel, we have an Aegean trading relationship with the, uh, the tribe of Dan alongside the Greeks. So besides goods, many stories would have been naturally traded. And one example relates to Samson. We mentioned the, the Danite strongman, that, that, that arch enemy of the Philistines. Now, several elements of the Greek Hercules story actually parallel that of Samson. The Hebrew word for merchants. So this is one of the, the tribe of Dan's professions. The Hebrew word for merchants is haraklim. This is very similar to the Greek name of Hercules, which is a little bit different, Heracles. So we have Heraclim, Heracles. Now, both Hercules and Samson, they killed a lion with their bare hands. They both met their demise at, at the hand of a lover, etc., etc. 
So stories and traditions such as these could well have been passed on by Danite trade. All right, we'll take a break there, but do stay with us. After the break, we'll look at how the tribe of Dan could have ended up in the Aegean. This is Watch Jerusalem, where history and prophecy come alive. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the program. If you've just joined us, we're on the subject of the identity of the lost 10 tribes of Israel, specifically the tribe of Dan, identifying their their modern day descendants as the Irish. If you're listening live and missed the first part of the program, I'd encourage you to go back and check it out on watchjerusalem.co.il. Thus far, we've looked at the conquering of Ireland by the Tuahadi Danan, or tribe of Danan, and we've traced their roots back to the Danan tribe of the Aegean Sea. And we've seen how they correspond with the tribe of Dan, the Israelite tribe of Dan. So how then did the tribe of Dan end up with such roots in the Aegean? We'll take a moment to speculate based on the, the Greek accounts and paired up with the account in the Bible. Now, one of the primary Greek tribes, alongside the Ionians that we mentioned earlier, one of the primary Greek tribes were the Achaeans. These people are also known as the Argives, and their capital was located at Argos. And we mentioned earlier some of the pottery from a Danite location being sourced from Argolid. A Greek history relates that the Argive society, these Achaeans, these Argives, it was established by a tribe known as Danan, also as Danoi or Danaid. And the Argive kings are known as the Danaid dynasty. And their founder, a man named in Greek as Danaeus. Now, according to the Greeks, this patriarch Danaeus, he, he fled from the land of Egypt and from his powerful brother there, he fled by ship to the Greek Isles and began the Danaid dynasty. Dynasty. The, this patriarch Danaeus is very interesting, uh, especially in the fact uh, in in the fact that he was born to a character named Bela. Now to the biblical account. We we know that the patriarch Jacob and his sons sojourned into Egypt in order to escape the famine. And at that time, his son, Jacob's son, Joseph, was a, was a powerful ruler in Egypt. He was second in command. And one of Joseph's brothers, one of Jacob's sons, was, of course, Dan. And Dan was born to Rachel's handmaid named Bilhah. So here we have a tantalizing link between Danaeus and his parent, Bella, and the patriarch, Dan, and his mother, Bilhah. So where, where it does differ is in the fact that Danaeus's Bella was his father, and in the biblical account, Dan's, uh, Dan's parent, Bila, was his mother. But there is a close uh, link there in the name. So it seems that the patriarch Dan may have left early on in the sojourn in Egypt then with some of his offspring to the Greek Isles. But most remained in Egypt and left at the time of the Exodus. So by the time of the Exodus, the tribe of Dan, 
in Egypt had grown really large. And in, in fact, it's one of the largest, most populous tribes. I think it's the second largest tribe. But later on in the biblical story, after the Israelites have entered Canaan, Dan is described with some of the fewest descendants. So where did they all go? It's evident that much of the tribe traveled elsewhere beyond Israel itself, probably joining their fellow tribe members in the Mediterranean before uprooting and traveling on as the Tuatha Dé Danann to Ireland. So this uprooting and departure for Ireland then by a significant portion of the tribe of Dan would have happened roughly around some 3,000 years ago, and many would have departed around the time of the Assyrian invasion, striking out in their ships for Ireland. Now, the specific migration of Dan is reflected in a prophecy about them made by Moses in Deuteronomy 33, verse 22. We read, Dan is a lion's whelp. He shall leap from Bashan, meaning he would leap from or uproot from his tribal allotment. So the, the following is quoted from the United States and Britain and prophecy regarding markers that the Danites left along their journey. Uh, so the following is by Mr. Armstrong, Herbert W. Armstrong. He writes, In Genesis 49, verse 17, Jacob, foretelling what shall befall each of the tribes, says, Dan shall be a serpent by the way. Another translation of the original Hebrew is, Dan shall be a serpent's trail. It is a significant fact that the tribe of Dan, one of the ten tribes, named every place that they went after their father, Dan. And Mr. Armstrong continues by listing a couple of cities described in the book of Judges that were taken over by Dan, and they renamed those places after their forefather, Dan. So they took the city of Kiryat Yerim and called it Mahana Dan. They took the city of Lahish, uh, of Laish, and called it Dan, and that, that's the modern day Teldan. And Mr. Armstrong here continues, remember, and he's, he's talking about this uh, Danite. Um, Danite manner of taking cities and calling them after their forefather. He, he writes, Remember in the Hebrew, vowels were not written. The sound of the vowels had to be supplied in speaking. Thus, the word Dan in its English equivalent could be spelled simply D-N. It might be pronounced as Dan or Den or Din or Don or Dun and still could be the same original Hebrew name. He continues, along the shores of the Mediterranean, they left their trail in Den, Don, and Din. And in Ireland, we find these waymarks, Danslaw, Dansoa, Dundalk, Dundrum, Donegal Bay, Dunglow, Dingle, Dunsmore, meaning more Dans. Moreover, the name Dun in the Irish language means the same as Dan in the Hebrew, judge. End of quote there. So why was the patriarch called Dan? Because in the words of Rachel in Genesis 30, verse 6, Danani, God has judged me, Danani, Danan, Danan, Danuna, Dan, all linked words. And actually, there, there are numerous similarities between the Irish and Semitic languages, such as Hebrew. These similarities have perplexed scholars. Uh, I'll leave a, a link to a video below uh, on, the, on, the, on our website explaining these similarities. And together with the names and language, we also find similar archaeological artifacts and monuments, especially tombs, 
spread from the Danite area of Israel throughout the Greek Isles and on up into Ireland. So in mentioning names, we also have Denmark, which was originally called Danmark or Dansmark, and it appears that this country may well be made up of Danites from the northern tribal allotment of Dan. So the smaller inland contingent of Danites, they separated from the coastal Danites. And it seems that they migrated with the other tribes of Israel after they were conquered by the Assyrians, traveling into Europe via an overland route. But we won't go into any more of this, though. So we find our Irish Tuatha Dé Danann, our tribe of Dan, arriving in Ireland. And what else do we find in the Irish histories about the Tuatha Dé Danann? They're of Israelite origin. The Labor Gabala era in the Book of the Taking of Ireland relates that one of the fathers of the tribe, one of the main fathers of the tribe was, get this, a man called Iabanel Faid of Judea. Now, Faid means prophet, so this is Iabanel, prophet of Judea. Iabanel is an almost perfect Hebrew name, Yair Benel, meaning Yair, son of God. And that there are other names, Hebrew names, littered throughout the founders of the Irish tribe, the Tuatha Dé Danann, names like Betach, Brother's House, Eber, um, Ariel, Shimon. Now back to our Genesis 49 prophecy of the end-time Israelite nations. We read, Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels, so that his rider shall fall backward. Now that's a pretty apt description of the history of Ireland, uh, especially, you could say, the, the Irish mindset toward the British rule. And this is just speculation, but you could say that it has only been in these latter days of human history that the Republic of Ireland has began to judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel, what with gaining independence from the British, from the tribe of Ephraim, from that tribe, judging them, uh, ruling over them. So it seems the Danites, the, the Irish, remember Dan means judge, it seems they've always had a strong personal sense of justice and perception for injustice. And as a serpent snapping at a horse, as the verse relates, for better or worse, they've readily stood up against much stronger powers, such as the Roman Empire or the British Empire. And, and just like the Danites of old, they're an extremely populous tribe, populous people. It seems just about every other person on the planet is part Irish, including me, my, my mother's side. Now, the, the population of Ireland is only about 5 million but including the, the Irish that have spread around the world, the, there are about 80 million, that's eight zero million Irish around the world. As with the Danites in ancient Israel, these people really are travelers. Only a, only a small percentage actually seem to remain in their homeland. Well, that's about all we have time for on today's program. There is so much more we could get into, uh, end time prophecies for Dan, etc. on the subject. But you can read more about this history and this, this prophecy in the, the book, The United States and Britain and Prophecy by, by Herbert W. Armstrong, particularly chapter 9 of that book. And this book relates the continuing story 
of what happened after the Babylonians conquered the kingdom of Judah. As told in the Bible and various other accounts, it relates the history of the evacuation and transferal of the Jewish throne to Ireland together with an ark and the harp of David. That, that evacuation of the throne of David, the Jewish throne, up into Ireland together with the harp of David. And it's fitting then that the national symbol of Ireland is a harp, unwitting to most, a sign of their Israelite origins. So that's all we have time for, though, on today's program. If you'd like to email us, you can do so at the following address, letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. Wishing you all a happy Feast of Tabernacles coming up. Chag Sukkot Sameach, and until next time.